friends, and welcome back to the Stories of Wonder podcast, where we let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. My name's Steph. I'm Jody, And I'm Iris. And this is episode two. We had the privilege of interviewing Tracy Nowicki. What an amazing story. Mm. A miracle, actually. Yeah, literally. And I, from start to finish, how her journey began to where she was just the day up, um, before we recorded the podcast, I was just, I was literally... I'm speechless. It was honestly so impactful and I think listeners will be really blessed. I know Tracy is such a capable, competent Mm -hmm. person and I just saw a grace and a humility through this journey that she's been through. You'll be so blessed to listen to it. Yeah, I didn't have the the pleasure of listening to Tracy's stories when you guys interviewed her, but I'm really excited to listen as well. The one thing before we get into her story is a reminder for... Drum roll, please. Wonder Conference! Wonder! 29th of October. See you there. Two o'clock start. Book your tickets. Come along. It's going to be unreal. Mm-hmm. Anyway, enough of the promo. Let's get on to Tracy's story. It is so great to be back. Mm-hmm. Here's episode two. <laughs> already and we're really um blessed actually to have tracy joining us for our second podcast welcome tracy thank you i'm very excited to be here that's fantastic well we might get into the the questions tracy i'm so excited to hear your story um i've journeyed along beside you for quite a while now but yesterday was a special day tell us about yesterday oh well I'm feeling a little bit old. I'm getting, I've just turned 60, which is a big milestone. Congratulations, that's awesome. And um, I got to ride my push bike up O'Reilly's, which is a 20 kilometer climb, but it's very, very beautiful. And I felt very happy to be back there and seeing all the views and seeing the birds and things. Yeah, yeah. And it's pretty special that you were doing that on your birthday. It really is a miracle. Could you share more about that and how, um, yeah, what happened a few months ago, which makes that event on your birthday pretty special? Yeah, yeah. So O'Reilly's is a a bit of a, it's a list of things that I'm trying to achieve that I was doing simply uh, until six months ago. So Mm. I was uh, I I was involved in a quite an extensive bike injury on my way to work, and uh, prior to that, I was riding up all the ski fields in Victoria. And I was scared wow. because they were massive mountains, Mount Hotham, Mount Buller, Mount Buffalo. And mm-hmm. I was being really careful, but this ride to work is something I've done four times a week for 15 years. Wow. And I've never slipped on a toad or a bit of grass. And I hit a dead wallaby at 50 kilometers an hour and landed on the road with a thud, which mm-hmm. um, broke basically most of my body. Um, so I split my pelvis in half, I broke some ribs, I uh, broke my clavicle, I broke my skull quite extensively. Um, and then where the skull broke, it bled into my brain and pushed the brain across to the right side. And then I had, if anyone understands the terminology around subdural hematomas and subarachnoid hematomas, and in simple man's term, I had extensive brain injury. So that all just happened suddenly, um, which I wasn't expecting. It was, everything was okay. And then every, everything was broken. Yeah. So that was just three months ago? 
Um, it was close to six months now. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Um, but it was a, a massive journey that if you had have told me this story before the accident, I don't think I would have believed you yeah. that this was even possible. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, I'm a nurse, so <laughs> patients stay in hospital for three days and if things are a bit tough it's for a week and if things are really tough it's for two weeks and I was actually in hospital for nine weeks. Trace I remember getting the message on my phone that you had had this terrible accident you were in ICU and we were wondering if you were going to come out we were wondering if you would survive it Mm. we started praying. Yes (laughs) yes so um, my family had trouble getting access to me and I was listed critical and they didn't really think I'd make it. And if I did make it, it was unlikely that I'd ever be able to function again. And uh, for some incredible miracle, um, uh, one of our pastors, am I allowed to say who? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) The most famous Peter Sweetman arrived into intensive care and used his pastor um, pass to get in I love that. and um, he actually said to me when he saw me later when I was you know returning back to church he said you didn't look too good and your head was very hot because it was bleeding so much and I really honestly believe and I'm not just saying that because we're at a church podcast or anything I really believe that that was the beginning of my healing wow. because I see you thought I was going to die and Uh, To have a week in intensive care is actually quite a long time. I was paralysed and sedated and intubated and um, I have no deficit from this injury. It truly is a miracle. It is a miracle. Yeah. Um, I'd love to know, um, like being, I'm I'm not sure if there's been much that you'd remember because it would be, it's, you know, it's so drastic, but... What do you think about when you're, you're lying in such critical condition and you're in this space? Like, what's going through your head? Is it much or is it like, is it sort of turning into really hopeless? Because like, it is would feel like a really hopeless situation at the time. Or did you have a peace? Like, what was that like? For me, I can't mind? really, because I was paralysed and sedated, I can't really recall that section, but I can only hear from my family and it was really yeah. quite destitute mm. um, and unknown. It's very unknown. Um, and I was moved around in there as well. There was, you know, we've got COVID and all those sorts of things going on. Um, so I had, uh, because I've been in the health system for over 40 years, yeah. there's there's some funny things as well. So the um, wound consultant at Redcliffe rang the wound consultant at Prince Char- uh, at um, Royal Brisbane and said, don't let this girl get a pressure injury because that's my specialty she said otherwise my career's ended so there's a few funny things going on as well and I um but somehow I ended up being thrown into this incredible mosh pit of love and I really experienced the the power of prayer Mm. which I think all of us know about but I feel like I've lived it yeah you know um because we all pray for things and we all hope for things but the only thing, the ho- I mean, I was in hospital for nine weeks and I really feel like I experienced the power of prayer. Wow. Yeah. And I've actually got given, that's my testimony, mm. and I actually say it to non-Christians. Come on, yeah. And they're all believing it. <laughs> and I've got friends that actually talk about their friends have now got sore knees because they got up and prayed for me every day. <laughs> and where it got 
um, I don't know whether you use the word exciting or interesting, is that this went into thousands of people. Mm. And I was told that at Bridgman, the women all got together and did a breakfast for me mm. to pray and 300 women turned up. You know, and you've got to remember, if we put it in the context of COVID, like I'd been doing online, I hadn't been around too much, you know. Um, I've been here for a long time, but I hadn't, you know, because of COVID, yeah. we do an online session. So sometimes we think in life we get lost, mm. but the Lord never forgets us. Mm. And he gathered me up and I was surrounded by this incredible mosh pit of love of all these people got around. And... Um, uh, you know, there was a company that I um, knew reasonably well and I went over to see their product in Ireland. Now, they got back, to, and they're Christians, yeah. and they got back to me and said, the whole of Ireland is praying for you. What? You know, so I just, the, the longer this went on, the more I, it became bigger and bigger. And they just said, someone said, there's not hundreds of people praying for you. There's thousands of people praying for you. Mm. And wow. so there was two things there. There was... It's amazing, like, yeah. wow, this is God's, you know, God is one step ahead of me the whole way. Yeah. And also that, that mosh pit of love, because when you have a brain injury, there's a lot going on in your head. Mm. And if you believe the lies that it can tell you, you can feel very worthless mm. and have no, because without wanting to sound like I'm bragging, because I'm trying, I'm not trying to brag, but no. I used to be good at a few things. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, I was an invalid. You know, I was in a lockup ward. I couldn't even get out of the ward. And I'm a person that likes to be outside. Mm. I couldn't decide what I was wearing. I couldn't decide what I was eating. I wasn't allowed to have visitors. I wasn't allowed to have my phone. I wasn't allowed to see my dog. Um, I even had my nurse's registration taken off me, which was gutting when I've been nursing for 40 years. Yeah. I lost my driver's license. Mm. Like you can't even, it's almost unbelievable. Like you couldn't think that here I was just riding my bike to work and yeah, next minute second. every part of my life has just stopped. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot to process yeah. and it's very hard to accept. And so you, it's like there's nowhere, where, there's nowhere else to go. But I always remember that scripture, um, fall on the rock or the rock falls on you. And I felt like I just had to fall into the hands of God mm. and he just wrapped me up and surrounded me with incredible people that mm. showed me what true love means. And mm. um, I'm trying not to sound too corny here, but no, no. Um, I feel like I've really learned what random acts of kindness mean. Wow. There's all these theories that we know about. We know about praying. We know about loving. We know about being nice. Mm. But when you actually live it, yeah. it's amazing what a nice smile can do when someone looks at you when they talk to you. Yeah. Because when you're in this situation, you feel like an invalid. Yeah. You feel worthless and you feel like you've got no sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. And then it, all it takes is someone to look at you and smile at you. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm trying not to sound too corny here, no, but no. when I got well enough to come back to Bridgman, if I could give you one word, I felt safe. Mm. Mm. And the amount of people that looked at me and smiled at me and gave me love is quite amazing. Yeah. Mm. But many places didn't feel safe for me. And then I had to learn to just fall back on that rock and trust the Lord. And the Lord, 
I, I learned very quickly that the Lord was one step ahead of me mm. and was opening these incredible doors and the right people. I couldn't have, I couldn't have planned it myself. Yeah. Mm. The right people came into my life and I end up with incredible experts looking after me. And um, the doors opened and I felt like the Lord was calling me through. And so it's, it's that whole thing of praying for grace and praying for wisdom and then letting the Lord guide guide you through. Mm-hmm. But if you don't focus on that and believe in that prayer, you can fall into that pit of loneliness and sadness. Yeah. And it's very, very easy. And you've got to pray to God to give you strength. Mm-hmm. Trace, I want to, I just, sorry, Steph. No, just no. wanted to, um, like it is a miracle that you are here with us. Mm. And a miracle that you're riding your bike on your 60th birthday after what's taken place in the last six months. And and you're touching now on on that part of the journey that was hard and difficult. Mm. But it really was a fight almost, wasn't mm. it, for you? Yeah. Can you tell us about that process? Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like even the, the frustrations and the challenges yeah. of that. Yeah, thanks, Jodie. I really appreciate you asking that. Um, so I've been a nurse for 40 years, so I kind of thought I... Sh- I I should know what I'm doing here but this whole environment I was in was very new I haven't worked I've worked with brain injuries but not to this sort of level and the whole facility was new and it was very different in fact um, initially I was quite confused Mm. so the only uh, the brain tries to rationalize an unfamiliar Mm -hmm. situation so I sort of thought that I was in it was our COVID ward because we weren't allowed in it. So I thought I was in this, what I called it the CF unit because that's what we used as our COVID ward. Yeah. And two of my staff came to visit me. So I thought I was doing a pressure injury audit because <laughs> we haven't been allowed to audit because of COVID. Yeah. Okay. I audited that ward for four days. Wow. You know, I was so busy. As a audit- patient yeah. in there. Oh, yeah. Wow. So I kept asking all the staff questions and, and I would have driven them crazy. Oh, wow. But it was the brain trying to work out what is this hospital environment so different. Yeah. And um, I wanted to learn the rules because I thought, you know, I need to be good so I can get out of here. Mm-hmm. But it took me a little bit of time to actually, once I started to think coherently, I started to realize that just being compliant wasn't what I needed. I needed to um, be able to ask questions. Mm. So I would encourage anyone in, in some sort of situation like this, it's about listening to what the clinicians are telling you and talking to them and testing it. I see. Yeah. You know, so there was a lot of things that I'd never done, like cognitive groups. Mm. And where I was in trouble was the groups were sad. Mm. Most of the people were much older than me. And a lot of people had had terrible accidents where um, they'd fallen downstairs, brain damaged, fallen off horses, brain damaged. Mm. I met a young fellow who, he was actually a nurse in that ward and he got a brain tumour and they couldn't extract it. And it was just really sad. So I could have felt lonely, but instead I just had to keep falling on the Lord and, and God opened up the right doors to bring people to me when I was I wasn't allowed visitors for six weeks mm. so once I was allowed visitors I, could, I needed to reconnect to get my life back yeah and that's why I keep talking about this random acts of kindness it doesn't cost much no. but it's what we say to people just words of encouragement mm. yeah 
um, and just the way you look at someone and you smile and that's why I keep saying when I came to Bridgman I felt safe mm -hmm. I felt loved I felt safe and I felt prayed for mm, yeah can you see uh, you know sometimes to make sense of these things that happen in our life we try and find a purpose or we mm. we want to see a value yeah. out of this are you at that point yet Tracy yeah. or are you able to kind of reflect on it all yeah. with that view it's a really good question because I did ask myself a lot so why did this terrible thing happen to me and what 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 can I learn from it and what can mm. I bring out of it mm. and I'm so thankful that God put the right people in my life now the charge nurse was incredible and she often when she listened to me she would repeat what I said so then I knew she heard because a lot of people you're not convinced they really are on the same wavelength mm. and she went straight into strategy of how what we need to do to fix it mm -hmm. so now I started to feel part of the team because mm -hmm. one of the deficits earlier on was I wasn't included yeah. so I just became branched into this brain injured category but what they learned was they needed to make me on their team mm -hmm. and look at what does Tracy need to get better and so um, when I got home I started taking notes of things that had happened to me and I actually summarized it and then the consumer engagement contacted me and said could we have your feedback and I said oh you don't want mine because <laughs> it's not very positive and they said no no we really want to learn from you and I gave it to them and they've actually sent it off to all their program managers and then I've had the opportunity to meet with them Wow. wow. And they've actually said, because it's a new unit, it's been a great learning opportunity for them. Yeah. So I think all of us can learn from this that we're not worthless, that God does provide the right opportunities. God does open the doors and we can bring goodness from, we've seen it all through the scriptures, yeah. where we can bring goodness out of pain and suffering. Yeah. So I've been told that they've already made fantastic changes. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, so I'm a bit of a half an experiment and half a learning experience. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, wow. Trace, this isn't the first um, challenge that you've been through in life. Mm -hmm. And I was reminded um, again recently of a contribution that you made. You wrote a chapter um, that was included in a book, mm. Broken to Brilliant. And I just read that again recently and was so impacted again by mm. your story growing up. Are you able to share about that challenge with us? Yeah, well, one of the, the interesting thing, when I was asked to be an author in this book, mm. I actually said to the girl coordinating it, you won't want my story because you won't like my answer. And she said, what's your answer? And I said, well, the Lord came and saved me. Wow. And she said, that'll help some people. And it's quite amazing because when <laughs> we sure launched will. the book, all these women came along and said oh my goodness your story helped me so much so um, I'm just thankful again the Lord opened the right doors and it's called the happiness chapter and it's referred to as that because as a child when every all the kids were wishing for new bikes or wishing for the latest toy I would sit there and wish for happiness because I was so unhappy and my mother had me when she was 15 she, her mother was a drunk and so as a young girl she was looking for love and thought she found it. My father was um, 
all he wanted to do was work and their marriage was a shotgun wedding that didn't work and so my mother left me with her mother now my my grandmother was a very violent alcoholic and she in fact she was so bad that she was locked up in a mental institution and couldn't walk at the age of 55. Wow. So she just drank and drank and drank and drank. And so I was forced as a child to be in between her and my grandfather fighting violently. And I'd be in the middle trying to separate them. And uh, I used to get headaches walking home from school. And I spent my whole life trying to find the love of my mother. And um, it's very interesting because very early on, um, as a child, I used to pray to God um, to look after me and I f- see this picture of myself as a kid sitting down wishing for happiness and I feel like the Lord saw me yeah. and he opened the doors again and took me along to this church conference and I went along to that and I thought that I knew the Lord but I found the Lord oh. and anyone that's done the Alpha course uh, even after years of being a Christian and then I became a bit too law orientated of doing the right thing and then when I did the Alpha course I found my first love which is finding the love of the Lord again and so he's been very real in my life and um, very generous to me of just providing the right people so when I went into this church uh, I found um, a way of learning how do families function what does it mean to be in a loving environment because I didn't know what that was like all I knew was violence um, and rejection and the where it gets quite complicated is my mother was a clairvoyant and in fact Australia's leading clairvoyant so there was a spiritual warfare going on even though we weren't speaking on spiritual things so don't ever underestimate um, how powerful these things are and the Lord again looked after me and saved me and um, we I don't see my mother Um, my mother doesn't want anything to do with me and so when I look at the deficits in my life the Lord has abundantly provided and I think when I came into Bridgman I really found the most incredible people in my life people that I I love dearly and enjoy being with Mm. and not only we linked because we love the Lord we're linked because he's provided this common ground where we share similar values and can do this amazing life together Mm. and I think you can never take that for granted some people can spend their whole life trying to find that and what I love about church is we don't meet on an academic or a socio-economic level we meet because we love the Lord Mm. that's our common ground and then we can share life together and you get the diversity of life as mm. best as it can be yeah just to, in terms of um, timeline when did you find Jesus because if you're growing up in this environment was it when you were younger or, or was it when you grew up a bit I was about 14 wow and then I um I met some people that sort of told me to go nursing and they were all Christians at this church I was at and we're still really good friends wow. so wow. we um we all went nursing and in the group that I was in eight of them started coming to church with me so we started this whole movement of Christians getting saved and at the time then in the in the in the wicked 80s we were you know doing yeah 
Yeah. yeah, it was. It was like a revival in the group. So, you know, the Lord's been incredibly generous and bountiful and I learnt what it was like to be surrounded by love. Mm. And then I think I found that really deeply when I came to Bridgman as a much older adult. Mm. And what I learned about at Bridgman was grace. Mm. People are very gracious rather than being uh, law bound, mm. you know, rather than just trying to be the good person mm. following the rules. Mm. I found grace where everyone was accepted regardless of how good you were. Mm. You know, it was just about this whole, and again, it's that pit of love mm. and that that whole um, power of prayer. Yeah. One of the things I loved when I came to Bridgman was that whole power of prayer. Mm. That really, and then I didn't know that I'd be living it in the hospital, yeah. you know, and a near-death experience. It, it's a huge thing to process. Mm. You know, I, I still am trying to understand the whole process and there is this, uh, level of grief that nobody can really understand and it's only the grace of God that you can get through something like this I can see how people can end up in terrible pits of despair yeah. you know when there's no hope when you everything that you had is gone mm-hmm. and then you just have to look to the Lord and you're in this pit of sadness mm-hmm. it's a very big mm-hmm. road of recovery and it makes you go like, how do people not do it without God? Like, mm. how, like yeah, you exactly. really, yeah, it just is, yeah, God's amazing. Mm. God's so good. I think it gives you hope. Mm. Yeah. You know, I think that's a really that big thing. In, in the middle of all of this, if you lose, without hope, yeah. the people perish. Mm. That's one of the scriptures that I've always lived by. Mm. And um, I, I think, you know, like even when Peter saw me, he said, "Boy, you were, you were sick," and I was really glad I wasn't organising a funeral. And every time I came to church, when I was getting better, there was always I used to pray the Lord, just put the right person in front of me. I need someone to pray for me, mm-hmm. and I didn't even know what to ask for. Mm-hmm. And every time the right person came along, mm-hmm. every Sunday, and it just built me up again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very easy to fall down. But for some reason, the Lord always provides. And, and I'd be just talking to him. And like, you'd be talking to Peter Sweetman, next minute I'll look around and he's praying for me. <laughs> I go, how'd that happen? Jodie, you did it to me quite a few times. Mm-hmm. And it was, you just seemed to know, even though you weren't with me in the hospital, you just knew what to pray for. And I knew that God was leading this. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe it. It was like a miracle every time I came. Mm-hmm. And I used to think, I hope someone can pray for me, but I was wasn't game enough to ask for it. Um, there was several people that just came along at the right time and mm. prayed, and it was like it just built me up again mm. and gave me that hope. I really think without without hope, the people perish. Yeah, I think I shared this with you, Tracy. It was so encouraging to my faith to see what God was doing in this miracle because we hope and believe and pray for miracles. I believe that miracles can happen. Mm. We mm. read about Jesus doing them. We, we have faith to believe that he still does them. And to see you a walking miracle each week when you come to church was just so encouraging and so mm. encouraging to my faith and gives me faith to believe that yeah. God can do this again and again. Yeah. Faith to keep praying. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, it certainly had the hospital stumped. They said they've never seen anything like it. They've never seen someone with such extensive brain injury and multiple injuries, whether you're talking orthopedically, uh, you know, functionally, anything. They've never, they said, the consultant's exact words were, your injuries were extensive and your recovery is remarkable. And I met even friends that were non-Christians said, their friends have got sore knees from praying. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't even say, who are you praying to? Because I just used to hand that to the Lord and say, that's for you, mm. dear yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And know that he was leading the whole thing. Mm. Yeah. Trace, you're back in your job now. You just started back full time in your old mm. position this week. Yeah. What's wow. it like to kind of be, is, it, is everything the same? Like you're looking for things to be the same as they were or is it? really different um what is that journey like trying to rebuild your life after this has happened well you're really good on the questions because uh (laughs) considering you haven't been right next to me every day like if i was to summarize this for everyone everything has been a, a mountain and they've it's almost seemed too high to climb and i almost there's times where i've felt how much more do I have to keep fighting? Like things that I didn't expect to be a fight mm. have been a fight. Mm. Like being in hospital, you just think you're just in hospital, you just eat your food and you have your shower. But there was a lot of things that I had to fight for. Mm-hmm. And when I came back to work, I thought I was safe. And there was the return to work program was very challenging. Mm. And um, again, each Sunday I would get prayer. For some reason, God kept putting the right people. And the wrong people were people that would just, and I'm not saying anyone at Bridgham was wrong, but just in the different passings of the week, these people that don't really understand would always say to me, oh, just be patient. Now, I know that I have to be patient because I've got to wait for the Lord. And six months is a long time to feel this bad. Mm. And... But people that knew how to pray seemed to know that the Lord needs to intervene here and this is what we're going to pray and we're going to hope and we're going to ask the Lord. And it happened every time. Mm. And in, in fact, it got to the stage where when I was driving to work, I would pray to God to help me to be gracious, wow. help me to be calm, help me to have love because everything's changed. Mm. And I used to be good at my job. I used to love my job. And I don't feel the same now. But I really, I still have hope because I know that it's getting better. Mm. And I can let Satan rob me. Yeah. Or I can hope to God to keep opening those doors. Yeah. And I believe that, that it is, I mean, every day is, I'm in the right direction. Mm. But all I'm trying to say to you is it's still hard. Yeah. And um, it's a miracle. Like, I'm back to work earlier than I should have been. Wow. Um, and even when I came back, there was still someone in my position, which I found difficult. Mm. Um, no criticism to that person. But it's a big adjustment when you've been the manager and in charge. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of... Everything's changed. Yeah. You know, like, um, health's moving very fast. Mm. So even... What we used to have was paperwork is now electronic and what I had as electronic is now a different system. And so I'm trying to feel competent and I don't. Mm. So it's just constantly praying to the Lord to give me grace, Mm. to give me hope, Mm. 
and to to keep praying and it's the, the two things I keep coming back and I'm repeating myself a little bit but it's a word I'd really like you to hear is that that mosh pit of love mm. and the power of prayer yeah. and I think we all know those things yeah. but I don't think I've never really I've been praying for more than 40 years but I've really experienced the power of prayer wow. it's strong mm. yeah. and it's real mm. that's the thing that I really want you to hear from this and I know that people, everyone's suffering. Everyone's got yeah. tough stories. Yeah. Everyone's had hard things in their life. And we've all got to keep hoping. Mm. What I've been through, I can't describe the level of grief and loss. Mm. And I know that I've got, there was, there's a whole thing where there's the rational mind that tells you all the things like, oh, it's a good time not to be at work. It's winter. It's a good time <laughs> to not be at work. It's COVID. Um, <laughs> You know, there's lots of things to be thankful for. I know rationally yeah. what I should be thinking, but how I felt was different. Yeah. And that's where I had to pray to God to give me grace. And that's yeah. what I'm still praying to the Lord mm. to heal me because there is a lot of things that are broken. Mm. And so this is where it goes from just being an experience to a miracle. Yeah. And so for all of you that are going through hard times, if you hear anything from here, Know that God is bigger than all of it. Yeah. And all we need to do is just keep falling on the Lord and praying for wisdom and putting, you know, go for the right people. There mm. is, the Lord has provided so many amazing people around us. Mm. And be the person that gives that nice smile. Yeah. Be the person that shows those random acts of kindness. Mm. You know, and some, they don't have to be big things. Yeah. It's the little things mm. of how people look at you and how they talk to you mm. and the worst thing that could happen is to be patronized mm. and which people don't even mean to do it no does that make sense yeah it's yeah. hard because sometimes it's hard to know what to say in those mm. situations to people and it's hard to know what's helpful when you haven't been there and been through um exactly those tough situations and yes you know we i think we feel the pressure to have to say something um, but sometimes we just need to listen. That's your spot on with that. And there's a lot of people have said that. And, and even like at work, people don't know what to say. Mm. But sometimes all you need is someone just to be with you. Mm. And, the, and I've, what's happened to me is there's people that I really liked and knew. And now I've got this incredible connection of love that, that I feel with them now. Yeah. And a lot of those people weren't people that were telling me or advising me there were people that would go for a walk with me yeah you know um because i had to be supervised for a month <laughs> even when i didn't need it i still had to be supervised and so rather than people just ticking the box doing the right thing they actually were with me because they wanted to be with me yeah. and that really picked me up so, so i've really got some good memories of people that mm. i just thought they d weren't just doing the right thing because they had to they had to tick the box. Yeah. They were there with me because they wanted to be with me. And we walked the dog. Yeah. <laughs> if I was lucky, we went to Baskin's. <laughs> nice cream. Good day. So I good. feel like there's so many important things, like, and so many things that you've encouraged people who are going through hard times, the importance of being in community, the importance of, of kindness to people who are mm. struggling because you don't know how much that's going to impact somebody or you can never fully know mm. the impact until you go I actually am a testimony to people mm. yeah. showing that kindness and then yeah the power of prayer 
is so important in times of mm. suffering. And I think your life and your story is such a testament to these things, even though we, yeah, you're right, we say them all the time, but mm. they actually are powerful and they mm. actually make a difference. And you're a living testimony of that. So I feel like there's so much that listeners can like, mm. you've, you've just, yeah, what you've shared is so awesome and so powerful and so true. I'd be interested to come back to, in your childhood, you said you always just wanted to be happy. Mm. I imagine happiness for you now is different to what you pictured or wanted it to be as a child. How would how would you describe what happiness is for you now, Tracy, as an yeah. adult who's been through these incredible experiences? Well, I'm so pleased you asked me that because it's given me, it's reminded me on my 30th birthday, I gave everyone a smiley face as a badge and I said, you are the happiness that I wished for and I prayed for. Wow. And when I come to Bridgman, that's what I think. When I look at the people I'm surrounded by, and even tonight, um, this is what I prayed for. Mm-hmm. You know, happiness, and this accident has changed my husband and I's, and all our perspective on life, all the things that we thought was important, mm-hmm. you know, nice clothes, holidays, nice house, all those things. They all, they all broke. Yeah. They weren't important. Mm-hmm. But it was the people that looked at me and smiled that really made the difference. And, mm-hmm. you know, in hospitals, they're hard places to be in. And I, I wasn't even allowed a visitor for six weeks yeah. or a phone. Um, once I got a phone, all I really needed was a phone call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the people that talked to me, it was just amazing. Mm-hmm. So I really think, when I think about what does happiness mean, it's the people that are with you, mm-hmm. the people you're surrounded by. And that means that even this um, this incident, it as I was isolated in the hospital, it brought back all my childhood again, which I'm 60 now. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. And I started to feel really sad that I didn't have anyone that really... My kids are all in the state and my husband was really stressed. So where's my mother? And my father, like mm. someone that knew my history because the hospital didn't know who I was. Mm. So where did that all go? Mm. You know, so, you know, as a child, you learn, you yearn for that sense of family. Mm. And I really believe the Lord has um, miraculously provided in my life this incredible connection. Mm. And mostly that connection is with my Christian friends. Mm. And not because we do, you know, that we do the same things like bike riding or whatever it is or walking in the bush. It's because we have this incredible love for the Lord that we can share. Mm. So we share similar values. It doesn't mean that we have to all like the same colour, like (laughs) the same food or whatever it is that's important to you. It's just that that link. And now I feel this incredible uh, link with people that's like a like um it's like a link of love Mm. and before there's people that i liked and knew and now i feel really connected with them Mm, it's a really strange thing to go through i wasn't like this before you know i was (laughs) i was a fiercely strong independent woman (laughs) who was pretty good at a few things and then i was just like nothing Mm. i just felt so worthless and I had times of very bad sadness mm. where I felt I had 
what, what is there to live for? My life has no purpose. And the Lord really had to, mm. to, to be with me and put the right people there mm. that could really be encouraging. And that happened a lot on Sunday mornings after church. Mm. And it's also amazing that a lot of the time the word was on that. Mm. And there was a really strong word once, which was in the world, there's all these terrible things happening, but just know that God's in control. Mm. Wow. That was a direct word as the first Sunday that I came to. Wow. And I really needed to hear that because I started to wonder, are these people at the hospital doing the right thing by me? Mm-hmm. Why isn't this happening? Why isn't that happening? And then the Lord gave me the assurance, you don't have to worry about any of that because mm-hmm. I'm in control. Yeah. And he was. Yeah. And then the right people came along. And I'm, I'm, some of the things I'm thankful for is the incredible clinicians that the Lord provided for yeah, me. We are blessed, aren't we, in yeah. this nation? You know, and they wanted to, they realized some things weren't done right. And they went, we got to fix this. Mm-hmm. And they started working with me. Yeah. And they did fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm still, I'm not, I'm not trying to give you any false sense of security. There are, I'm still working on things that I've got to fix. Mm-hmm. And I've still got to fall on the Lord every day because if I didn't trust the Lord and I wasn't given the great support that I've had at Bridgman, I would, I would, I think I would be, um, very depressed Mm. and I wouldn't you know but now I've got that sense of purpose I feel like a great sense of achievement Mm. and what I really want is to be able to help other people through it Mm. which is why I I didn't look for the podcast (laughs) and then I got invited but what I want I hope this Mm. can help somebody to see that no matter how bad it gets know that the power of prayer Mm. and that mosh pit of love. All of us need to have that little smile for someone because everyone's got a tough gig going on. Mm. Trace, you have inspired me for a long time, whether it's climbing up mountains (laughs) or investing in the women around you because you do that so well. You've got an incredible heart for people. But watching you go through this journey has been incredibly inspiring. Watching your trust and your faith in the midst mm. of this mm. has been such a witness to who God is in your life and a testimony for us to keep persevering on the journey yeah. as we walk yeah. alongside others on this journey and in our own journeys. Yeah. So we just want to say thank you so much for sharing with us today. Mm. It's been a real pleasure. It's been such a pleasure. I know this is going to encourage and it was really for as you had that word when you came into church, like this is going to be a word for someone where you go, yeah. And I, even that for, for me, yeah, just going to keep going and um, yeah, believe that God is good and, and that he's in control. No, thank yeah. you so, so much for sharing and being so honest. Mm. It's not easy, but yeah, mm. thank you. Well, it's me that is the one that's thankful. Like this is an amazing opportunity to try and bring some goodness out of the suffering that I've been through and um give people hope you know that god is bigger than any of this and i'm very very thankful for the people that the lord's put in my heart Mm. and my life Mm. so good thank you it's exciting don't forget there are more stories of wonder happening at wonder conference on the 29th of october from two o'clock till 7 30 p.m we would love all of our women to join us and be a part of that special day and 
who knows who'll be next on episode three it's been great to chat with you tracy thank you you so much and steph great to chat with you again too